0: The following is a Hoop Ball presentation. Hello. Welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. It's November 6th. It's a wonderful Saturday. We're recording this in the morning and by we I mean me flying solo for this five-game main slate that you might have heard the little chuckle in the beginning, but uh, it's a buckle-up type of podcast. We have so much news, so many injuries, so many different ways we can construct, so many what-if scenarios, and I'm going to touch on them all. We're going to touch on every type of scenario that could happen, be able to navigate our ways. It's an early-look podcast, so... You know, by the time the news breaks, things will be changing. I'm sure they will. But a lot of the news we, we have an idea of, but I'm really looking forward to this. These are the kinds of slates I like, ones that you could take advantage of, ones where there's going to be plenty of chalk, but there's ways to pivot off that chalk in so many different ways that we can pivot off that chalk. So before I jump into anything, quick shout-out to our presenting sponsor over at Manscaped. Guys, check out Manscaped. If you haven't, what are you doing? Head over to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code HoopBall20. You get 20% off plus free shipping. Not only that, they have a assortment of different male grooming line items, including their aftertoner, their conditioner, the new lawnmower, quick charging, no clip blades, everything you want. It's even waterproof, so... Listen, I, I have it. I use it. I've charged that thing maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I could turn that thing on today. I could turn that thing on two weeks from now. I could turn it on probably a month and a half from now without having to charge it again. The thing is absolutely fantastic. They even have a ear, nose, and hair trimmer. They don't have to worry about cutting up the inside of your nose. Plenty of great products. Get it as a gift. Get it for yourself. Order two. One for you. One for your friend. Maybe your father whoever it's for and use that promo code hoopball20 you get 20 percent off plus free shipping now last night's slate i'll touch on it quickly wasn't a good one for me i got crushed absolutely crushed I, it was one of those let me just yeah, you know, turn the page look forward to the next slate start researching that one get at it early and those are sometimes better for me you know instead of sitting there just dwelling on the past focusing on the bad uh, I made some mistakes. It happens. None of us are perfect. I made uh, I made a few a few evident mistakes uh, with my lineups. And I don't necessarily think they were mistakes. I think I had the right recipe. It was just the wrong night for that recipe. You know, it, it was I should have had pizza instead. I got Chinese food. One of those types of nights. But uh, that's okay. I'm ready to get look get looking at this one. Looking forward to this one. So, like I said, we'll be jumping right into things. We're not going to have all these lines. We're not going to have all these uh, injury reports. I have the most updated one. But as of now, I'm recording this about 1030 Eastern Standard Time in the morning. So Utah Jazz traveling to Miami, taking on the Heat for the Jazz. Rudy Gay out. Donovan Mitchell questionable. Royce O'Neal questionable. Mitchell missed that last game. We saw Ingalls draw the start for him. Royce O'Neal played in that one for the Heat, though. Big news is Kyle Lowry, questionable, sprained his ankle in that last one, did not return. Looked like it was, uh looked pretty hobbled. So I'd be shocked if Kyle Lowry plays in this one, but we're going to have to keep an eye on it. First game of the night though, so we should have that news right before lineups lock. Probably a little bit before that too. Game total, two thirteen and a half. and a half, not one of the higher game totals. Second lowest high, uh, game total on the slate. Miami being favored by two and a half. We'll start off with the Utah side of the ball, the away team. Mitchell, if he sits, we can ex- obviously expect a nice big usage boop for, boop, boost for Ingles and Clarkson. Clarkson coming in at 56. A lot of guys, and this is going to be the theme, there's a lot of guys in that 4 to 6K range that we're going to have interest in tonight. And that's what I mean. We have a lot of different pivot options. So uh, is this the same matchup for Clarkson as we saw in the last one? No. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a slower pace. Still has plenty of capability of hitting that. Scored 30 in that last game and ended up being one of those guys. I wouldn't say you must needed, but uh, he was highly owned. Anytime that we know Mitchell's sitting, we know Clarkson and Ingles are going to draw a fair amount of ownership. Put up 40 DK points on 30 actual points. So he's not necessarily going to contribute a lot in those peripheral stats. But he's going to get 19 shot attempts, 20 shot attempts like he did in that last one. Shot a good percentage, shot 50% from the floor. So I, I Obviously, I'm going to have some interest in Clarkson. I just don't think he's as must-play as he was in that last slate. I always prefer Angles in these types of scenarios because of the discount, $4,900. We're going to get a $700 discount. Ingles came out, put 30 DK points up. He also has that small forward eligibility. We'll talk about plenty of guards on this slate. So I have interest in both these guys. Conley coming in at 66. I'll probably take a pass on, just not really falling in that range. And now listen, if you want to play Conley, I won't fault you. He put up back-to-back almost 40 DK points. So all three of these guys are very, very much in play. Not going to argue against any one of those. Gobert coming in at 87. That's the price tag. It's it's getting up there. It's getting a little too high for me. A little too high for my liking. I'll probably take a major uh, no thank you on that one. And then the last guy to talk about would be Bogdanovich, 5,300, small forward and power forward eligible. Again, another guy that put up almost 40 DK points. So it just goes to show you what type of usage and shot attempts get spread around when there's no Mitchell on the floor. If Mitchell plays, not gonna have interest in him, I probably wouldn't be playing Conley. I probably wouldn't be playing many of these guys if Mitchell plays. So that's just the type of scenario. If you're a multiple lineup builder and you want to build and mix and match with some of these guys, I think that makes a whole lot of sense based on your construction. What could then you know if you're if you're spending down in other spots, maybe spend up on Conley, especially if there is no Kyle Lowry. I think that makes some sense. But mixing and matching these guys is gonna be key. Uh, Making sure, I I think they're all good players. If I had to pick one of them, I see myself having the most ownership of. It would probably be between Ingles and Bogdanovich for that forward eligibility. But they're all very, very much in play. I think Bogdanovich might draw a little bit of a tougher matchup with P.J. Tucker, who could stick with him. But the shot attempts, that's what we're interested in. Who's taking 15-plus shot attempts? And the three guys I feel the most confident in saying that with would be Conley, Clarkson, Bogdanovich. On the other side of the ball, no Kyle Lowry. It would probably mean that we get a likely start from Tyler Hero, 6,900. Again, shot attempts, 6,900. It feels expensive for him, but this guy's routinely averaging, uh, you know, 32, 33-plus DK points on a nightly basis with him in that lineup. We saw one game where he sat out earlier in the season, and he went buck wild, put up 40-plus. So I think he's very, very much in play. Don't love this matchup, obviously. you don't like targeting the Jazz. We normally don't like targeting the Heat. So this is going to be a slower-paced matchup with a lot of defense being played. So if you want to fade Hero at 69, I think—I'm not going to say it warrants it, but I wouldn't fault you for it. Uh, Outside of him, Jimmy Butler coming in at 95, a little too expensive for my liking on this slate. There's just three other guys that are a little bit more expensive that I'd much rather play. Bam Bio going against Rudy Gobert. That's something we feel overly confident in in that matchup. But if we wanted to take a GPP pivot, that would be the guy to do it. So really, only guy I'm really looking at is going to be Tyler Hero in here. And it's just that simple. This isn't a game I'm trying to oversaturate myself with. Uh, I think we have plenty of other options, plenty of other games we could really, really focus and target in. But those are the guys I'm looking at. On to the next one. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. You know, This is the game that we almost wish was the early one so we could have as much news on it as possible because there is a lot going on here, and you're going to have to have exposure to this game if you, if you have any chance of winning tonight. Danny Green coming in as questionable, dealing with that hamstring tightness, missed the past three games. Tobias Harris out. Isaiah Joe out. Aaron Henry out. Grant Riller out. Firk Don corkmoss is questionable. Ben Simmons is out. And newly added, Matisse Seibel out due to the health and safety protocol. So this team ran an eight-man rotation in that last game, and it was tight. It was a tight rotation. Uh, so we're going to have to focus. He's got two eleven and a half game total. This has the lowest game total of the night. Chicago only being favored by three. If I'm a betting man, I'm probably taking that. Uh, it's, I, I think it's more than three. <laughs> this, game, this game gets out of hand early. Joel Embiid will probably have his minutes limited as well. But we'll start off with the Philly side of the ball. Eight-man rotation they ran last time. We saw guys like Tyrese Maxey playing 45 minutes, played almost every minute that he possibly could. Seth Curry had a great and huge first half, cooled off in the second half, didn't really shoot as much. So now the last starting lineup that we saw, it had Ferdinand Korkmaz ruled out of it. Danny Green was ruled out of it. Thiebel drew that start at small forward. Well, actually, really, it was power forward because they they started Shake Milton as well. So this is going to be interesting. It's really going to be dependent on what bodies they have. Now, if Danny Green and Maz both sit, I expect us to see Niang start, and they'll probably go with that smaller lineup again. They're going against the Bulls, who don't like to play that big themselves. So they'll get away with that three-guard lineup of Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, and Shake Mellon. And at that point in time, all those guys are very much in play. But I'm going to gravitate towards the value a little bit more with Niang and with no. Outside of those two guys. I'm not playing Ben Simmons at 10 3. There's a couple guys I like that a little bit more expensive. I get it. He'll have a high usage. I just he hasn't looked right this season. Dealing with that knee injury. Tore his Meniscus in it last season just does not look completely healthy. Struggling with this uh shot. His old turnaround's falling for him, but everything else seems like he's kind of just struggling. And it, he's another guy that just doesn't look like he's quite adjusting to this foul scenario. So I I definitely like some Maxi as well. If these guys are ruled out, he's going to have to play a boatload of minutes. I don't love that price tag at 59. But, I mean, you're getting a floor of 30-plus DK points, it feels like, anytime somebody's playing 40-plus minutes. So I think Maxi, I think Milton, I think Niang, all very much in play. I'll have a fair amount of ownership of all three of those guys. And there's one other guy I want to talk about where, if we do see Corkman and Danny Green ruled out and they're running this tight rotation, he's going to play. He's probably going to see 20-plus minutes, and he's a great point-per-minute guy, and that's Paul Reed. Now, they'll probably spend some time, you know, sliding Yang down to the three, and Paul Reed played 15 minutes in that last game. This dude averages about a point-per-minute with these guys off the floor. If he's getting 20-plus, he could even see, like, 23-24 if they shorten this rotation even more. At 3K, flat minimum, It's a solid play. I don't think he'll draw a lot of ownership. I think he's more of a, you know, cash play, you probably don't trust him. If you hear he's drawing the start, absolutely trust him. But as of now, we don't have that information. So I'm going to keep him in my GPP pool. I think he's very, very interesting for those reasons. So I definitely have some interest in Paul Reed. And now we'll probably see some of these other guys slot into uh, into the lineup that we didn't in the past game. So it's something to keep an eye on. But those are the four main options I'm looking at. It's going to be Paul Reed. It's going to be Maxi, it's going to be Curry, and it's going to be Milton. On to the Chicago side of the ball. All these guys getting pretty expensive now. So Vucevic, 8,900. I talked about it. He usually plays well against Philly, but really struggled in that last one. The usage has been down from him. Only took seven shot attempts in that one. Put up four actual points. So didn't get to the free, uh, free throw line and didn't knock down a three. It's a good bounce back, but 8900 is a little too priced out for my liking. Zach Levine and DeRozan continue to be the usage monsters that they are. But Zach Levine struggled to pay off that price tag yet. He's done it twice this season. It was the first two games of the season. I get it. He's playing with that that ligament uh, injury in his left thumb. And he's playing well with it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking him. But not well enough to pay off 8600 Since that injury has happened, he has yet to pay off that price tag. So I'll probably pass on Zach Levine. DeRozan he's hitting on a nightly basis right now for 8,300. I think that's a fantastic price tag for him. It's just priced right where he'll get some consideration. He only has power forward eligibility now. So that small forward eligibility is gone. 8,300 is a good price tag. Don't mind keeping the Rosen in the player pool. Don't see myself having a ton of shares of them, but I will sprinkle them in here. if he's mat- in some of these games where I have two to three of the Sixers. And then the last guy to really talk about would be Lonzo ball. 7,200, feels about he's priced right, but he's kind of in that Levine category where he's been struggling to pay this salary off. So I don't see myself having a lot of Lonzo, but I keep him in my player pools. I get small ownership to him in my GPPs for that triple-double upside. He has that defensive upside where he could just kind of chip in two-to-two, blocks and steals every given night. So that's pretty much what I'm looking at in this game. A lot to keep your eye on, though. Like I said, if we see Paul Reed starts, fantastic play. If we see he doesn't start, And we see that Maz and Danny Green are both ruled out. He's a fantastic value play, I think. Just a low-ownership type guy to go out there and get you 25 DK points in 24 minutes. So that's what I'm looking at. On to the next game, 8.30, Eastern Standard Time game. Boston Celtics traveling to Dallas, taking on the Mavericks here. We already got some news. Jalen Brown has been ruled out with hamstring tightness. Josh Richardson is questionable. So those are the two guys we need to keep an eye on. We know that Peyton Pritchard is available for the Mavs. Kristaps Porzingis is questionable. Looks like he practiced a little bit in that last one, so there's a decent chance he can actually play. And then Maxi Kleber still ruled out. Reggie Bullock is questionable. This game's coming in at a 215 and a half game total. Dallas being favored by four and a half points. So we'll start off with the Celtics. A lot to like here. I have three guys that I'm really keeping my eye on and that I'm really going to get some ownership to. It's going to be one of the guys I want to spend up on Tatum. Anytime that we see no Jalen Brown, Tatum's usage skyrockets. It's a small sample size for this season, but this he's rocking almost a 40% usage without Jalen Brown. 38.4, averaging 1.23 DK points per minute. So you got to have a lot of interest in Tatum. The only, thing, the only time I'm not going to be playing Tatum is if I'm running with some other Celtics in my lineup. And those other two guys would be Dennis Schroeder and Al Horford. Schroeder's rocking about a 20% usage with these guys off the floor, which doesn't sound like it's that much higher, uh, but realistically, it's a small sample size. It's pretty much like the third highest on the team, right under Horford. Horford averaging a 24.1 or 21.4 usage rate, 1.06 DK points per minute. So the price tag's elevated on Horford. We saw a down gain from him in that last one, but. It was also past two games. He has yet to top 30 minutes in those games. I would expect him to play 30-plus, especially if Porzingis plays in this one. We should be back to dorm. Dallas cannot defend big men. I would expect another 40-plus DK point night from Horford. And that center position is pretty lackluster. So I don't think I'll be playing him at that power forward. I always talk about that power forward eligibility. But I'm not too intrigued by the center position in general. There's only one or two guys I really have confidence in, him being one of them. On to the other side of the ball. Kristaps Porzingis at 75, it would be his first game back if he does play, not playing him if that's the case. I uh, just don't want to spend 75, but I could spend $100 more and get the security blanket of Al Horford and feel a lot more comfortable with it. If we hear there's no restrictions, sure, but I'm sure there's going to be some sort of restrictions on him. So I just really don't have interest in him. If he sits, and if there's still no Kleber, we could look at Powell at 3,600 as a, as a value play. Knowing that the Celtics play big, they're going to need some size against him. Wouldn't be shocked if we see a decent amount of minutes from Powell or even some Boban minutes. I mean, we've been getting a little Boban here and there. Uh, past two games, Boban's really played. And, you know, 15 minutes against the Spurs in a close game, he got 23 DK points at 3,700. That's his only, the only caveat with Boban is that we never know just how much he's going to play. So you can't really trust him in your cash game, but he's perfectly fine in your GPPs. So those are the, the two main guys I'd be looking at. And I can't even say main because Luka Doncic is the main one, actually. Doncic hasn't been playing up to our par and up to this price tag as of late. But if there's no Jalen Brown, I expect him to do a lot of heavy lifting against this uh, Celtics team. And there's no one that can really just, I guess, lock. Him. there's no one that can really lock him up anyway. Uh, you imagine that Tatum will be the guy that spends most of the time on him. But he's played well against the Celtics dating back to last season. So... Uh, they played twice last season. He had some of his highest actual scoring totals, like point totals, um, against the Celtics team. I believe it was his third third or fourth highest team that he scored against. He averaged about 33.5 points, nine boards, six and a half assists. So I do have some interest in him. I think Tatum's a little bit of a safer play because you're getting that $1,000 discount. And there's also a guy that we'll get to, obviously, in that last game, chalk of the night probably, where you feel a little bit safer with him. But he makes for a great GPP pivot. We have enough value on this slate where you can get two studs in your lineup and still feel confident about the rest of your plays. So I do have some interest in Mr. Luka Doncic. And like I said, there's some other options we can go to on that Celtic side of the ball, whether it's Schroeder, Horford, uh, could even be both. If you didn't want to play Tatum, you can still get exposure and run it back against Luka with some of these other pieces and feel good about it. All right. Only two games left. We'll keep it moving. Atlanta Hawks traveling to Phoenix. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. As far as a game total, 221 and a half. Largest one of the night. Phoenix being favored by four points. Dogdanovich is probable. John Collins questionable. Dealing with that foot strain. Played the last two games through it. Anyeka Kangu is still ruled out. Campaign questionable. Dario Saric, as we know, is still out. For the Hawks. This is where one of my other favorite center plays would come into play, and it's going to be Clint Capella at 7,100. If there's no John Collins, I like him even more. But Capella's now played 30-plus minutes over the last three games. This is going to be a competitive game that they're going to want to win. He hasn't put up great fantasy totals. Well, last game he didn't, 13-10 game. But the two prior games, 38-plus DK points, 40 against Washington, in a better matchup. So I, I definitely have some interest in Phoenix. I'm not really scared off of Aiton's defense or anything like that. I would expect a nice, solid, double-double, 15-15 type game from him in this one. So keep your eye on Capella. If we get that John Collins' news, you feel a lot more confident about him. If John Collins were also to sit, we'd probably see uh, Kevin Weider draw the start. We'd see DeAndre Hunter move probably to that power forward spot. That's just the way it works. If Kevin Weider starts at 3,700, I'd have interest in him. I think you could look at DeAndre Hunter, but it's almost kind of like it's a game-chasing game. Over the past two games, he's been shooting the lights out of the ball. 7 for 9 against Utah. 10 of 11 from Brooklyn. That's not sustainable shooting averages. This is going to be a tougher matchup going against guys like Mikal Bridges, Jay Crowder, even a little Cam Johnson. These guys just fit a much more defensive profile for a guy like Hunter. So, I'm not as on Hunter. I'd be a little bit more on Werder in that scenario. And even Bogdanovich would get a nice trickle-down usage effect if there's no John Collins. John Collins is a 10-plus shot attempt guy. We've only seen Bogdanovich really... Hasn't really gotten over that 12-shot attempt mark yet. This could be one of those games where we see him break that if there's no John Collins. 5,200, he falls in that price range where he just becomes a pivot. He's not going to be one of my primary plays, but we talked about a lot of those guys in that 5K range with that uh, you know guard and forward eligibility. So I, I don't love him, but he's an option as a pivot. Only if there's no John Collins. So. Trey Young, 9,700, just too expensive for me with all these other guys. I'd rather play Tatum. I'd rather go up and spend on Doncic. go up and spend on Westbrook, who we'll get to very, very shortly. Only other guy worth talking about would be Gallinari if John Collins sits. Power forward, so he'll probably see about 20 to 24 minutes. On to the Phoenix side of the ball. Devin Booker coming in at 8,500. Put up 50 DK points in that last one because of the peripheral stats, the nine boards, the five assists, the block, the steal. Played well against Houston. It's a good matchup for him. Uh, I'm not going to talk you out of Devin Booker at 85. It it falls in that middling price range. I think I'd feel a little bit more comfortable playing DeRozan, but they're two different positions. So it really comes down to your uh, eligibility and what your construction looks like. Just not a guy I'm gravitating to all that much. If anything, I think I'd rather play Paul. 8,400 gets that nice matchup against Trey Young. Should be able to do work. Paul's put up at least 43 DK points over the past four games. He's been just pouring on the assists and it's, you know, averaging a little over 12 assists per game in the past three games. So, he should be able to get it done in this one. He's a comfortable price tag. It's just tough to get him in there if you're looking at trying to pay up for two studs. If you're trying to get two guys, of two of the three of Tatum, like Westbrook or Davis if he plays, and then also Doncic, you're probably not going to have the money to afford on Paul. It's tough. It's just that simple. Especially knowing that the center position is a little lackluster unless we get some news and you want to play Paul Reed there as a value play. Sure, then you could. You might be able to squeeze him in there, but it's going to be really really tough to do. Final game of the night. Los Angeles Lakers traveling to Portland taking on the Blazers as we know. No LeBron James is going to be ruled out for the next week or two, but we also missing Trevor Ariza, Taylor Horton-Tucker. Dwight Howard's probable, and then Anthony Davis sprained his right thumb in that last game. We saw him shake it up a little bit. He's questionable coming in here. I mean, they're going to need him. It's just that simple. There's no doubt about it. They're going to need him. Uh, But it's Anthony Davis. We're not going to have this news till late. He makes for a good tournament option. If you're only looking to play one of these Lakers and that's how your construction is coming out, make sure you play him at your utility spot. And what I would do is leave yourself $400 on the board if if you're interested in Davis. In case he gets ruled out, Westbrook becomes a must play at that point. And then you can just make that easy pivot. What I'm doing, though, is I'm probably just leaning more Westbrook anyway. Anytime Anthony Davis is dealing with an injury coming into a game, I just don't love it. It's just not a comfortable feeling. I mean, he's a guy that we're normally worried about checking out of the game for some periods of time, no matter what, let alone we know that he's questionable coming in there. So it's also on his right thumb. He's a right-handed shooter. Not a great option for us, but he does make for a great option as far as that pivot just because the ownership will be down on him in a scenario where it shouldn't be. I mean, if he was coming in here 100% healthy and you were saying that Anthony Davis is going to draw a ton of ownership with LeBron James being rolled out. You'd think that was crazy. Uh, so I, I, I get both sides of it. If you're playing cash, you probably avoid him. If you're playing GPPs, you sprinkle some ownership, but keep yourself a pivot in the wings. Outside of him, I talked about it. Westbrook didn't get, a, get it done for us in that last game. Really struggled just with the peripheral stats, the things that we thought he would get us. You know, he had 27 points. That's fantastic. We'll take If we knew we were going to get 27 points, we'd be fine with it with no LeBron James. We would expect almost a triple double, though, but it only had six boards and only five assists. Those numbers will change. He'll be closer to that nine and nine, if not the triple double. And if that's the case, we're looking at a 50 plus point game out of him. He's getting priced up where we need 50 to 5 to 60, but he could get it done. We know that. I like Westbrook. No problem with him. If you wanted to fade him for some other options, sure. Why not? I get it. It depends on your GPPs or cash or head to, uh, head, to head. Depends on really what you're playing but I'm going to have some ownership of Westbrook. There's no doubt about it. The other guys I'm going to be looking at will be Carmelo Anthony. That's where we saw the shot attempts go with no LeBron James took 18 in that last one, put up almost 40 DK points for us, 39 and a half, 21 actual points took 10, three pointers, especially if there's no Davis, we got to have interest in Melo Absolutely as well. And if Davis sits, he'll probably be the guy that draws the start. Outside of the main two guys or main three guys that we talked about Malik Monk, has kind of seen his role taking the backseat when Avery Bradley came over. Bradley's been playing 30-plus minutes now. He would be a pivot option or a value option at 3,100. I'd like to see Davis ruled out because he's not going to be a guy that's pouring on you know, 15 or 20 actual points. But he's playing the minutes, and minutes equal money sometimes. So there's worse options you could look at at 3,100. I prefer Paul Reed just simply because he's a better point-per-minute producer. But he's an option. He's there for us. And that's probably all I'm looking at. Camp Bazemore just hasn't been giving us that upside game that we hope and pray for. Maybe I'm the only one that hopes and prays for it because I, I always end up with some Bazemore ownership. He's he's won me a couple of tournaments, so uh, he's got a little special place in my heart. On to the Portland side of the ball. Nurkic coming in at 7,300 just hasn't been playing the minutes that we need to see from Nurkic, and it's unfortunate because I'm a big Nurk guy. I told you, I don't love this center position, and he's not one of the guys I'm gravitating towards, so... Just don't see myself having much of Nurkic. For the top two dogs, Damian Lillard continues and continues to struggle. I mean, this dude only has two games on the year where he shot the ball higher than 50%. Most of those are being below 30%. So, listen, he's going to get hot. It's going to happen. He's going to have one of those games, those get-right games. It could be against the Lakers very, very easily. I'm not going to say it's not going to be. But with other options like Tatum, only a couple hundred dollars more, where we just feel a little safer about he's only a GPP pivot. It's not a guy that we can get overly confident in uh, and just plug him into our cash game lineups. McCollum's price tag back down to normal, 7,900. I'm fine with that price tag. When he was hitting the AK mark, it's when I kind of shy away from him. But he's paid off this price tag majority of the season, to be honest. He's averaging 40 DK points on the season right now per game, playing big minutes, 7,900 with Dame struggling. If you wanted to spend up in this game, he makes a whole lot of sense to do so. But what I'm going to be looking at would probably be these peripheral pieces. We're starting to see Norman Powell shoot the ball regularly, uh, back-to-back games with at least 14 shot attempts, averaging 15 across that span, pulling up 37 and a half DK points in the last 140 in the game prior, and three straight games with 20-plus actual points. So we're never going to get a whole lot of peripheral stats as far as, like, rebounds and assists from them, But he's shooting the ball at a pretty high clip. Past, uh, you know, two games, he's shooting – what, 6 to 10? So 60% three-point shooter over the last two on the high-volume shot attempts. Could just be a nice hot spot for him. So 4,800, don't mind looking at him. The only problem you're going to run into is do you play him over like that Philly value? And I say in your cash games, you probably don't, but you're going to want some exposure to this late game. Whether it's on that Lakers side and you run it back with something, you're going to want some exposure. And the only other guy worth talking about would be Robert Covington who finally got some shot attempts up in that last one. But even when he took 12 shot attempts, he put up 28 DK points. But now we're talking about back-to-back games with at least 25 DK points. And at 4,100, that's a value. So he's a guy to consider. Just don't be shocked if he burns you. We'd always see those nights where he gets four or five actual points. Sometimes we even see zero. And if the steals and blocks are not there or the rebounds aren't there on those nights, yeah, he's not going to pay off the value. So he's definitely a, a little bit of a riskier option. But there's a lot of cheap plays that we could look at that aren't going to be the chalk. So that brings us home. That rounds us out. That's the entire night. Now let's talk about our player tiers and who I'm looking at. So I'm going to give two options for each position just because normally we have somebody else on the pod. Uh, Expensive player tiers, it's going to be Westbrook and Tatum. Those are the two guys I think are the safest. And then I think Luka comes in there as as a pivot off of those guys. Uh, If you want to get lower ownership, because I expect them to have lower ownership than both of those guys on tonight's slate. For that mid-tier price range, a lot of options we could choose from. But as we know, mid-tier we we consider on this show would be five to eight. So we'll we'll save some of these value plays uh, for the value section. Al Horford coming in at 7,600. I talked about him plenty of times. I think he's got a great matchup going against his Mavericks team. Should be able to take advantage of it game should be fairly close not expecting to get blown out of the water or anything like that and then the other mid-tier price range that we could look at and there's a lot of options we can go with here but i'm gonna have to go with uh my man tyrese maxey at 59 simply because he played 45 minutes and now they're talking about another guy being out if he's playing 40 plus minutes it's gonna be hard for him not to hit that price tag so i do have some interest in tyrese maxey the, the I guess the other guy i'd be looking at would have been Jordan Clarkson, but we don't know that Mitchell knew, so we'll we'll go we'll go Maxi in this one. And for the value tier segment, a lot of options here. We could just keep it in this Philly game if we really want to. Uh, George's Nang at 4,700 should draw the start at power forward if Quirk Miles. Sits now that we know that Thibault has been ruled out. He's been playing big minutes as it is. He's been producing at about a little under a point per minute clip. Now we're talking about him playing 35 minutes or 34 minutes. And listen, they they don't have many bodies. Uh, it's that simple. I, like I said, the, there's the Paul Reed pivot who can easily get in there and play himself 24 minutes. But Nang, we know it's that security blanket. We know he's already playing the minutes. There's no risk really associated with it. At 4,700, the price tag keeps going up. But it looks like so is his minutes in usage. So I have no problem looking at Nang. He's going to need to space the floor for them as well. The other value play that we could look at, I mean, I, I might just keep it in this same game and go with Shake Milton. It's going to be based a lot upon these injuries. I don't feel as confident in Shake as I did in that last one. He was coming in at 3,800 in that last game. Now he's getting a little bump at 45. So I'm not going to go crazy over Shake. He's also going to get Lonzo defense for the most part. And it's a little bit riskier in this spot, is what I'm saying. I wouldn't expect that bang in 35 point game like he had in that last one. Don't expect that. So if you wanted to fade Shake, I can even see it being warranted but I'm going to have some interest in them. I think that security blanket, they ran an eight-man rotation and just lost one of their guys. They could get corkmans back, but if Korkmaz comes back, they're going to probably be running another seven, eight-man rotation, but I expect it to be even tighter. And that brings us home. That's everybody that we needed to talk about. That's every scenario. I feel like I touched on them pretty well. What could happen, what will happen. Buckle up. Make sure you have that DFS Fantasy Pass over here at HoopBall. Make sure you're in that Discord so you're getting that up-to-minute information, how we're making our pivots, last second, who we're looking at. Maybe you just have a simple question. Who do you prefer? What two-for-two two do you prefer? We answer those questions for you. So, guys, jump in that HoopBall Discord. You can only get it if you have the Fantasy Pass. It's only $4.99 a month, so take advantage of it. Well worth it. You get the behind-the-scene article, which yours truly will be writing on those Saturdays. So I'll be taking that article today. You get the podcast. That's for free. But podcast is always an early look so now you get to round it all out with the fantasy pass article that comes out a little bit later and then take it home with the dfs discord right before lineups lock we're in there an hour before lineups lock i'll be poking my head in there a little bit afterwards as well so if you need to make any late swaps maybe you're playing a turbo slate might be able to help you there as well so we got a lot of good things going on guys let's take down some tournaments let's win some cash games Follow me on Twitter at MikeApatria, M I K E A P O T R I A. And last but not least, give us a thumbs up, five star rate and review wherever you're listening. Could be Stitcher, could be Spotify, could be Apple Podcasts, iTunes, could be iHeartRadio, could be anywhere. We appreciate the listens. All over the world, we get them actually. And thank you guys. We're closing in on 450 shows, and our, our viewership, our fans, our, our listeners, our Members that just jump in the discord and have fun with us. It's all it's all been great. And I really do appreciate it This is something I love to do I'd love to be able to help people in this and you guys make it all worth them worth the while. So thank you guys We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Santino crush of the slate solo Take care